listening to Books Are My People, a podcast for book lovers with book news, book recommendations, and ruminations on living a literary life in Los Angeles. This is episode 37, and I am recording on Saturday, November 28th. I was supposed to record on Wednesday, but then all of a sudden it was Thursday and then Friday, and I finally got my butt in a chair to record. So this week, if you are listening on Monday, November 30th, when this episode drops, my Books Are My People bookstore on bookshop.org is offering free shipping through the end of the day. I am an affiliate there, and it's a great way to support this show, and 10% of your purchases will go to my local independent bookstore, Diesel Books, or you can designate your own local bookstore to receive the 10%. The easiest way to find my bookstore is to go to the show notes of this podcast, and you'll see anytime I recommend a book, I will have a link through to my Books Are My People uh, bookshop. I am ramping up for my young adult novel writing course through UCLA Writers Extension. If you are interested in taking the class, there are still some spots available. It is a 10-week online course. The course is asynchronous, so each week I will post a lecture with some exercises and homework due, and then um, It's also a writing workshop, so you would be working on your first one or two chapters of your young adult novel. So if you are interested in taking this class with me, just go to UCLA Extension Writers Program and look up young adult novel writing. I don't have much real news on the home front here. We just got word in Los Angeles um, that we are receiving a second three-week stay-at-home order that starts Monday. So I'm running out today to buy my kids new shoes because their feet have grown in this quarantine and we have no idea what size they are now. So I can't order their shoes online. So that is our final trip before uh, we settle in for the next three weeks. I've been reading a ton trying to find the best books to share with you as we finish the year. Um, But before I get to those books, it is time for some bookish news. Netflix has announced that season three of You is in production. This show is based on the books by Carolyn Kepnes, and this is a thriller series that takes place in a bookstore. I loved season one and two, so I'm excited for season three. The website Global English Editing has written a blog entry about how the world's reading habits have changed during the pandemic that I thought was really, really interesting. For example, India reads more than any other country. And in case you're wondering where the U.S. stands, we are ranking at 22nd, which is pretty embarrassing. And people are still choosing printed books over ebooks. This is no surprise. And 35% of the world is reading more because of coronavirus. Look at that silver lining I just found. I will leave a link to the post in the show notes if you want to learn more. And oh, also, Americans read an average of 12 books a year, though if you're going out of your way to listen to a book podcast, I'm guessing that your number might be significantly higher than that. Raven Lalani's debut novel, Luster, has won the $50,000 Kirkus Prize. I talked about this book on episode 31, if you want to have a listen. 
zipping through the news today, Andrew McCarthy is publishing a memoir about his time in the 80s. I guess I've always had a bit of a fascination with the Brat Pack, but he's kind of my least favorite Brat Packer. I feel really bad saying it, but it's true. Um, His book is aptly titled Brat, an 80s story, and it will be out in May. I did do a whole series in acrylic ink of some of the Brat Packers, so maybe I'll be brave and post that on Instagram this week. Um, But Andrew did not make the cut. You can check out my Instagram account at Jennifer Kaloyaris, and I'll leave a link in the show notes as well. So I wanted to share an email I received from a listener named Michelle. I asked her if I could use her name and share her email, and she said yes. So here is what she had to say. Hi, Jennifer. I co-moderate a book group for the blind and visually impaired community that has met on a monthly basis for seven years. We discuss literary fiction, historical fiction, family stories, and the occasional mystery. Some of our favorite reads include This Is How It Always Is by Laurie Frankel, American Dervish by Ayad Akhtar, Walking on Trampolines by Frances Whitting, As Close to Us as Breathing by Elizabeth Polliner. We enjoy discussing novels that are hidden gems and may have been overlooked in the end of the year best of lists. I know our group would appreciate any recommendations you have for a hidden gem. Our only caveat is that the book must be available in audio format. So thank you so much, Michelle, for reaching out. I love this because your group seems to read it all. I have to say the only book on your list of books uh, that I've read is This Is How It Always Is by Laurie Frankel, which I absolutely loved. And if you've been listening, you know, we've talked about it on the show before. So I looked up the other books you mentioned to get a sense of what kind of books your group is interested in. And I have a few in mind for you. And I did already check to make sure that my suggestions are all available in audiobook format. So here they are. Because you have enjoyed books about other cultures, my first suggestion is Tokyo Ueno Station by Yu Miri. This was a finalist for the 2020 National Book Awards in Translated Literature. It is told in a less straightforward, more of a surreal way about a homeless ghost who haunts one of Tokyo's busiest train stations. My second suggestion is A Real Life by Brandon Taylor. This was a finalist for the 2020 Booker Prize, and it is a coming-of-age story about a Black and queer student's experience at a Midwestern university. I'm suggesting this one because it's so beautifully written, and for a book group, there's just a lot to discuss here, including sexuality, race, and class. Because you seem to enjoy family dramas, next up is Monogamy by Sue Miller. This is about a long-time marriage. Graham and Annie have been married for almost 30 years, and everyone thinks of them as the perfect couple. But when Graham suddenly dies, Annie not only has to redefine who she is in the world, but she discovers a secret that throws their entire relationship into question. Another book in the different cultures theme is The Glass Kingdom by Lawrence Osborne, and this book takes place in Thailand, where Sarah Mullins arrives and wants to live in a high-end apartment complex called The Kingdom. She's kind of lured into the high-end circle of expat women who live at The Kingdom, and then come the disappearances, which throw the community into a frenzy. This is an atmospheric and suspenseful read. And my last title I have for you is Historical Fiction, and it's a book called Beheld by Tara Shea Nesbitt. 
This takes place 10 years after the Mayflower has landed in Plymouth, and it focuses primarily on the women's experiences there. It reminded me a little bit of Miriam Taves' Women Talking, so I hope you can find at least one book from this list that may work for you and your group. So everyone got a few bonus books today, and now it's time to move on to even more books. My first and favorite pick this week is Cast by Isabel Wilkerson. I'm going to go ahead and call this as one of my top 10 reads for 2020. Wilkerson is a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist and her skills as a journalist just shine through in this book, which examines the idea of caste in three societies, India, Nazi Germany, and the United States. She describes caste as the oldest, most recognizable system of oppression in the world, beginning in India and then through America's Jim Crow laws. And then she talks about how those very laws and the people who made them were consulted by Nazis, which I hadn't known that Germans actually sent researchers and eugenicists over to the United States to see the ways in which Americans were subjugating African Americans in order to inform their own Nuremberg laws. Um, I was baffled at how ignorant I was about that. Uh, She looks at the ways in which Germans have worked for decades to reconcile and make reparations for that devastating era in a way that the U.S. has absolutely not. This book has what I would refer to as a braided structure. It weaves ideas from all three societies that she talks about together, and she has a knack for personalizing so many people's stories through her use of journalism, which makes this book all the more heartbreaking. This is one of those books that I think should be recommended reading in every high school history class, and really just recommended reading for anyone who is human. I finished it a few weeks ago, and I can't stop thinking about it and the ways in which it explains how we got to this moment we're currently in. And again, that is Cast by Isabel Wilkerson. I'm going to take a complete left turn here because next up is something totally different, The Shining Girls by Lauren Bukes. So in short, if I were to give you the elevator pitch, this is a book about a time-traveling serial killer. It starts with a man named Harper in the 1930s who finds this old dilapidated boarded up building, and he enters with this key that he's found in his coat pocket, and it's a coat that he had stolen earlier that evening. So in addition to a dead man's body in the house, uh, Harper also finds a list, and this list is written on the wall, and it's girls' names who possess a glow that need to be extinguished. So one by one, Harper leaves the door of the house and ends up in different eras with uh, a different girl to kill in each era. And each time he kills, he leaves behind a little gift or trinket from a previous era. But he is an imperfect serial killer, and a woman named Kirby, whom he tries to kill in the 80s, has managed to survive and is trying to put together the pieces of not only what happened to her, but also what has happened to Harper's other victims. You definitely need to buy into the suspension of disbelief here, but I liked how wholly original the idea was, and Bukes's writing is also really beautiful, which maybe is not what you're looking for in a book about a serial killer, but I appreciated it. And again, that is The Shining Girls by Lauren Bukes. 
Next is Intimations by Zadie Smith, who of course wrote White Teeth, which remains one of those seminal books for me. I remember reading it when I taught fifth grade in Hollywood, and I remember the kids would go to art class and go to music class, and I'd be so excited because then I could sneak in 30 minutes of White Teeth. That book was a tome, but Intimations is the opposite. It's a very slender book with short essays about our current times, And when I was reading it, I would just read one right before bed each night for a week until I was done with it. They're perfectly crafted, thought-provoking essays in response to the year 2020, from the killing of George Floyd, to quarantining with her family, to what it means to be a writer during these times, and also, of course, about coronavirus. My only wish is that it had been just a little bit longer, but I will take Zadie Smith in whatever length she is willing to give. And again, that was Intimations by Zadie Smith. If you are looking for a lighter vacation type read, not that anyone's going anywhere, but maybe you can vacate to a room somewhere over the holidays, um, you can read Santa Monica by Cassidy Lucas. Cassidy Lucas are really two writers who write under that pen name. Anyhow, this book is essentially a suspense novel about elite families in Santa Monica and the people who work for them. Letty Mendoza is a Mexican undocumented worker and her half-brother is a trainer, and they're both ensnared in the lives of a few privileged families in Santa Monica. When Zach is found dead in the gym where he works, the story reels back in time to what happened leading up to that moment. This is a breezy, fast-paced, light read that fans of Leanne Moriarty will like, I think. It's a book about affairs and secrets, and it takes place, of course, in Santa Monica, which was fun to read because it's kind of like taking place in my backyard. Santa Monica's five minutes away from me. My last pick is another nonfiction pick, and this is for the theater lovers out there, specifically for musical theater lovers, and that is Singular Sensation by Michael Riedel. As a fan of musical theater, I was immediately drawn to this book. It is a fun, gossipy review of how some of the most beloved shows of the 90s came together, the kind of shows that I grew up seeing. I learned a lot of behind-the-scenes facts about some of my favorite shows, particularly the chapters on Rent. The writing is breezy and accessible, and the footnotes at the end of each chapter was one of my favorite aspects of the book, like stumbling upon hidden gems in the footnotes. Sometimes I felt as though the chapter breaks occurred in odd places, as in mid-discussion of a particular show, only to continue with that same show in the next chapter. Um, And if you're a finance person, there's a lot of talk about the economics of Broadway, which I was a little bit eager to move through and just get back to the theater. This would make a great gift for any Broadway lover. And thank you to Avid Reader Press and to NetGalley for the advanced review copy of this book. And again, that is Singular Sensation by Michael Riedel. Next time, author Merritt Weisenberg will be visiting us to talk about her novel, The Insomniacs, which I recommended on episode 31. And it turns out that thanks to the magic of Instagram, we actually have a friend in common. So I am excited that I got to connect with her and I'm excited to have her visit. All of the books I've recommended today are listed in the show notes section and at booksaremypeople.com with a link through to my bookshop.org store, Books Are My People. 
Up next for me is The Midnight Library by Matt Haig, and I hope you all have a wonderfully bookish week.